book of Proverbs chapter number 4. Proverbs chapter number 4. Now, before we really get in, I'm, I'm going to tell you, if you've got, you got family members, you've got loved ones that are, are really good sinners, man, you need to start getting them here, guys. You've got to start getting them here. And you say, oh man, you don't know my brother. You don't know my aunt. You don't know my friend. That's okay. That's okay. You know, that we've got a guy coming, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you if he's in this service or the last one, but he came last week, first time he'd been in church in over 20 years. Just got out of serving in the prison for 13 years. His last year he was in solitary confinement because he was a major, major, major leader of the Mexican Mafia. And he said this to me with tears. I always thought church was for good people, for perfect people. And I looked and thought, dear God, I don't ever want that to be told. You know what, if that was the case, there wouldn't be anyone in here today. And he said, I, I never knew what it was to come to church. And he came last week. And he asked me permission if he could come this week. And I said, dude, don't you ever ask me permission if you can come to church. You show up and you jump right in there. And he said this about this church. He said, people were so loving. They were so kind. And he said, I thought only if they knew what I would, would or have done or had been doing. I said, that don't matter to them. We just love people, so bring your families out, okay? Bring them out, man. I'm going to tell you, we're going to see people get saved and turned on to God. Okay, Proverbs 4. And, uh, you know, last week we talked about a lot of times that in our lives, the first step to walking in freedom is I got to recognize and admit I got some things wrong with me. And most humans, we refuse to, the, to look at the matter of our hearts Actually, we try to block them out. We try to sweep them under the rug called life. And, and a lot of times, the things that have caused us to be in the situations we're in are because of hurts. Because of past pains and failures and mistakes. Even the, 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 the loneliness and inferiority. And so we live guarded. And a lot of times, we don't want to admit that we got some things within us because I'm afraid if I admit it, then I'm going to have to do something about it. But if I don't deal with it, if I don't admit it, then you know what? I'll never change. I'll never walk in freedom. I'll live in bondage. And, and Jesus didn't want us to live in bondage. He said in John 10, I came to, to set you free. And, and where you can have life in that more abundantly. And so, many times we have a fear of liability... And so it causes us to avoid responsibility. But what happens in our life that when we walk around with hurts and pains and we never deal with them, that it's kind of like cholesterol on the inside of you. It starts working on the inside, working on, and, and we don't ever do anything about cholesterol. And all of a sudden it begins to affect us and the end result is a heart attack. Well, I think spiritually that a lot of people in the body of Christ have spiritual cholesterol. we got a lot of things and so we live in denial. I don't want to deal with it. And so the end result is there becomes a spiritual heart attack. And that's not God's design for us. And so today, we're going to give you some, another, some more insight here on how you can live in freedom. And I want you to know God wants us to live in freedom. Proverbs 4. Begin with me in verse 23. Keep your heart... With all diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence. 
All diligent. You know what that tells me? I'm going to have to be diligent day after day. The Amplified says guard it. The New American Standard says watch it. And so he's talking about my heart, your heart. And so my heart and your heart, that's the control center of my life. That's where my action and my do flows out of. And our heart is a lot like the engine of our car. And in the engine of your car, you got to do some things called maintenance. Because if you don't, that thing's going to start sputtering. And before long, it's going to break down. Well, that's the same with our heart. So right here, we're challenged. Guard my heart. Keep reading. For out of it, out of my heart, spring or flow the issues of life. One translation says, out of my heart flow the results of life. And so what ends up happening with this? is because of blockage, because of roots that have gotten down in our hearts, we walk around brokenhearted, wounded, hurt, and, and even with an orphaned heart, because I never want to deal with them. And so ultimately there's that blockage, that it blocks the things of God. And you know what? Most of the things that are the, the cause or the root of it is unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment. And so when I live with those, well man, I'm just bitter. I walk around angry. What ends up happening is if we don't deal with it, we begin to look for things in this world to medicate us, to help us escape from the pain, to help us run or dull our senses. And a lot of times, you know what that is? That's alcohol and drugs. Now, when you turn to those things, it isn't the root cause. The root cause is normally some pain on the inside, and you're looking at some way to escape from it, to medicate from it. And you say, well, how do you know that, Pastor? I've been there. I've been there, guys. And so what ends up happening that when I turn to these things to medicate my life, ultimately that leads to a whole other source of bondage. And so what ends up happening is I have this cycle in life. And I just keep going around in circles and I get a little better and then all of a sudden I fall off the wagon. And if that's you, that's okay. God's going to help you today. He's going to teach us from the Scriptures. That's why I said you need to see the Bible. Go with me in the New Testament to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And so we're going to learn some things here today about how to deal with the conditions of our heart. Matthew 6. Thank you, Father God, for the Word of God. Let me tell you guys, God's going to set some folk free. Some of you may get set free today. But if you, even if you don't get set free today, it's alright. It's going to happen. I'm going to tell you, it's going to happen. You just keep walking it out. Walking it out. Walking it out. Now here we are in Matthew 6, starting in verse 9, and this is the Lord's Prayer. My Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And we get to verse 12. Now this is where we're going to begin in verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive those who've debted against us or trespassed against us. Now, I looked at this, and this is Jesus' words. And how did Jesus say God would forgive me and you? And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
So if Father God is going to forgive me and forgive you the way you forgive others. Now with Jesus asking that question, let me ask you this right now. How are you doing in that verse? How are you obeying that today? See, every one of us got to ask that question. And so then he jumps down to verse 14 and he says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, and that word trespass there means reckless and willful sins, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now the key to that verse is, is the, ver- the word if. If, if, if. If is a choice. So I have the choice here to obey what Jesus said or not. Verse 15. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. So if you look at verse 14, it says, if you forgive. Verse 15 says, if you do not forgive. So he's telling us right here. And so you know what I've had people say to me before? I don't have to obey this. And you know what my response is? You're actually actually right. You don't have to obey that. You don't have to do that a bit. But I want you to understand fully this morning that when I don't obey what Father God's asked me to do, there's consequences. So the thing is, you got to understand, you don't have to obey that, but don't think you're exempt from the consequences that are attached for not obeying that. Now don't turn me off already. Hang in here now and listen and be, be taught the Bible today. And so we look at society. What does our society say? Bitterness, unforgiveness, it's acceptable. But it's not acceptable spiritually. It's not acceptable in God's eyes. Did God put this in there to punish us? No. God put this in there so we can live freely. He knows this, guys, that when I walk in unforgiveness, I'm going to live a life of entrapment. Now, here's what we must understand about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is like a poison that gets on the inside of me. You know how that poison is released? By forgiving. If I do not forgive, then that poison is never released from on the inside of me. Now I want you to understand this completely today about unforgiveness. When you have to forgive someone, guys, you're not saying that what they did to me wasn't wrong. I'm here to tell you guys this today, that I realize so many of us in this room, you've had things that have happened, that broke your heart, that wounded your heart. But this is the bottom line. I have to obey what God said. You know what a lot of people say? Well, pastor, I'll forgive them when they come and apologize to me. I don't see that in there anywhere. Where Jesus says, now you're exempt until they come and apologize to you. And so if you're waiting for an apology until you forgive, that's probably not going to happen. Probably not going to happen. Now, jump over to chapter 18 of Matthew. Jump over there and let's go a little bit farther. And as you're turning there, let me ask you this. We've all been hurt by a person or persons, plural. And it was maybe in word or deed, but I, I just want you to sit here just for a second and think about this. Think of the person or persons that wounded you. Now when you think about them in your mind right now, what comes to your heart? Do you start getting irritated? Do you start getting angry? 
Do you start plotting revenge? Does it cause a stirring within you? Because if it does, you may have said before out of your mouth, I forgive them. But you hadn't. You hadn't. So how do I get to that point, Pastor? Well, I believe this, guys, that through Scripture, even in my own life, it says, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. So one way you can begin to tell that when forgiveness is beginning to be birthed and walked out in your life, that you can begin to bless those who've cursed you. And I'm going to tell you, there's times in your life, everything within you will say, I don't want to do that. When you begin to pray for them, that God, pray for those who've persecuted and despitefully used you. Now, I don't pray that God, you break their nose. No, you begin to pray blessings over them. You don't pray evil over them. Now that's a sure sign that you're beginning to walk it out. That's the beginning. But remember it says, guard your heart diligently. So diligently is day by day by day. i got to walk this out. i got to walk this out. And you know what? There's people in this room right here that I've seen them do this. And I've learned from them. I've watched how they've forgiven others. And I'm thinking, dear God, Father, you've got to help me. And some of you say, well, what are you doing being the pastor? Well, that's a good question. I've kind of wondered that before too. You know, a great example, that's Mark Groom. I mean, I, I've seen a guy who, who was so ugly to him. And I saw him, he just kept loving him. Again, and he would never speak evilly of him. He'd just keep on loving and speaking kindly. And I'd look and I'd think, dear God, help me like that. I want to be like that. And so we're all a work in progress. It's how I heed the word. Now look here in, in Matthew 18. This is the passage about Peter that starts in verse 21. And remember Peter, he was pretty spiritually thought. And so evidently in this passage, Peter's got some guys that are messing with him. Some people that are irritating him where he's got a little resentment trying to build. So Peter thinking he's spiritual, he says to Jesus, do I got to forgive him seven times? You know, Peter's pretty proud of him. Seven times, that's a bunch. That's the perfect number. And Jesus looks at him and said, no, Pete, not seven times, seven times seventy. Now, I would like to see in Peter's face when Jesus said that to him, because Peter, I think, probably wanted to say to Jesus, now, what's the punchline? you got to be kidding, Lord. You really don't expect that, but Jesus does. I believe Jesus was telling Peter in this that to walk in the blessings of God, the freedom of God, I'm going to have to make forgiveness a lifestyle. Day by day, but and, and guys, you think about this. Throughout your day, you have an opportunity every day to walk in unforgiveness. If you don't believe me, go to Walmart this afternoon. And some of you can say, don't get back on Walmart, pastor. I went out there last night, and I was on my best behavior. But you guys, look, it was jam-packed, and I said to the Lord, I said, Father God, I'm not going to lose my peace today. I said, I just thank you, Lord, for a great parking space. The favor of God. I got on the very first place. The closest to the place. I wheeled in there, and I said, man, the favor of God is upon me today to walk in here. And I walk up, and a lady cuts me off. And an opportunity just to look. And you know, there's times in my life I, I've wanted to bash people with the buggy. But I did well yesterday for me. And so throughout the day, this is why Jesus told him that, that you're just going to make it, have to make it a lifestyle. Now look what he says in verse 35. 
So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses or his offenses. Now I want you to notice something right there. He said, from my heart. From my heart. I purpose in my heart if I'm going to forgive him. And so Jesus has given us insight right there. Once again, that i got to guard my heart, but i got to learn, okay, Father God, from my heart, I'm going to forgive him. Now if you'll notice some wording here, it says, so my heavenly Father also will do to each of you from his heart, does not forgive his brother this trespass. What will my heavenly Father do to me? Now this passage here is the parable of the servant. The servant is me and you, the master is Father God. Now to fully understand what Jesus is talking about here, let's read verse 34. And his master, which was the father, was angry. See, that's the side of God we don't ever want to talk about, the wrath of God. But when we walk in unforgiveness, guys, there's a side of God that he does not take kindly to that. So his, his, his master was angry, and he delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. He delivered to him to the torturers. Now, one translation says that when we don't forgive, that Father God hands us over to the jailers. Now think about that word. If you're going to be handed over to the jailer, what do you think you're fixing to do? You're going to jail. You're going to be imprisoned. Now you know what's crazy about this? When he gets over and says that he's going to hand us over to the torturers, evidently, you're going to start being imprisoned and tortured about something. You know what that something is? Three things. It's going to come after your physical body. Remember what we said last week. 80% of all disease is now proven to be spiritually rooted. 80%. You know what that's tied to? Unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment. Now he said, you're going to be handed over to the tortures. Something's going to happen in your physical body if I don't obey this. The second area that it comes after is my mind. What happens in our mind? I'm going to tell you, any time that I've walked in unforgiveness, I start plotting revenge in my mind. I start thinking of evil things I can do to the person that wronged me. Now, don't look at me so spiritual like some of you have never done that stuff. And before long, man, I'm telling you, it starts messing with my thoughts. I'm going to tell you, it will literally wreck you and your mentality, guys. You hang on to unforgiveness, it will begin to warp and mess with your mind. The third area is your emotions. You go from happy to sad to glad, to mad, all in one day. I've been there. I mean, it's Mr. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. One day you're loving and kind, the next day you're PO'd at the whole world. This is what it's talking about right here. And you know what? This is a result. This is the binding power of unforgiveness is what he's warning me about. He's trying to tell me that i got to release this. So when I obey the Word of God, and I want to highlight that word, I. The only person I'm responsible is for me. I can't control what Ernest and Jesse are going to do today. 
I can't control what my wife's going to do. The only person is me. And so when I choose to obey the Word of God and live by the Word of God, and in this situation forgive like Jesus told me, guess what I've now done? I have now met the condition of God's nature. And God's nature is to forgive. So when I begin to walk in unforgive, or in forgiveness, you know what I've now done? I've exchanged the, the forgiveness for unforgiveness, and I've changed from being in prison to being free. And some of you had a great chance to start hooting and hollering. To say, man, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. There's a blessing that goes with that. You know, in, uh, in Romans 12.20, and then again in Proverbs 25.20, it, it talks about heaping coals of fire upon people's head. And what that's talking about, it basically, in the, in the passage, it says that when you give someone a drink of water or you give them food, ones that have wronged you, you're heaping coals of fire upon their head. And so, in other words, you're exchanging the evil they put on you with good. With good. Now, I know this just happened recently. But there were two ministers I knew, and they went to this minister's conference, and when they walked in, the very first person they saw was this other pastor who had talked about both of them, had dogged them both for over ten years. And the one pastor said to the other one, look who's here. And they noticed, and they said, what are you going to do? And the one said, watch this. So he went up to the guy who had dogged him for those ten years and said, hey man, how are you? It's so good to see you here. Tell me how your life is. So he walks away and the other pastor looked at him and said, you're heaping coals of fire, aren't you? The next day they walked in and there he was again. He walked up to him again and said, tell me about your church. Tell me about your wife. Tell me about how life is. The other pastor looked at him and said, still heaping those coals of fire, aren't you? They got ready to leave and the third day they see him sitting there and he went up and said to him, I want you to know I've been praying blessings over you, over your church, your life. Go get them. Keep, keep going for the kingdom of God. They told me that that pastor they were doing that to, he never responded the whole weekend. He sat there with his mouth open like, I can't believe you guys are doing this. This is what happens when we begin to heap coals of fire upon people. When we begin to give the very distributor of the evil, we pay him back with good. Now John 8.32 says this, You'll know the truth, the truth will set you free. Ooh, we love to quote that. Know the truth, the truth will set you free. It's almost like a pistol with us Christians. But that word know, you know what it means? To obey it and to live by it. And you know what? You can hear this all day long today about forgiving. And you know what? Some of you can walk out of here and say, you know, Matthew 6.12 says, if we forgive our debtors, God will forgive us. You can quote that. You can quote it in the, the Hebrew, the Shebrew, the homebrew, every one of those. But until I start learning to obey it, there is no freedom. There is no freedom. I'm not exempt from not obeying it. And so you know what you just got there? You just got a dose of freedom right there. That's what that is. To do the Word of God. Now, go to the book of Psalm 103. Psalm 103.3. 103.1. 
Oh man, get ready, get ready, get ready. You're fixing to get some blessing right here, to see some truth here in an area. I tell you, I started reading this the other day in my office. I thought I was going to get raptured, guys. I got so excited. God, I got so excited. I looked at the Word of God and said, My goodness, Lord. That's S-O-G-O-O-D, good, right there. I'm telling you, I, I was so excited about it, I took my glasses off and I walked into the other room where Shelly was and I said, read this. Read it. I didn't ask her to. I said, read it, dear. Drop the phone. Put it. Just read that. She kind of looked at me. You know what she did? She submitted. She submitted, man. She, oh, it wasn't that bad. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say that. She looked and said, dear, that's good. She said, that's good. Wasn't as good as I thought, but it was good. Psalm 103.1 Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless His holy name. That's how David starts out this. Five times in Psalm 103.3 and 104, he says that phrase right there. This became a passion of David's. All that's within me. He goes on to say in verse 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. I didn't know God had a benefit package. He does. And God's benefits are a lot better than Blue Cross Blue Shield. They're a lot better than Allstate. You're in good hands with all that. You want to be in God's hands. And you know what I found out? The deductible to the Word of God is obedience. That's the deductible right there. God says, I'm going to take care of the bill if you'll just be obedient to me. So he said right here, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Verse 3, Who forgives all your iniquities. All. All. A-L-L. All. Huh. And so as I read this, I begin to see some things. That God forgives all our iniquities. But let me ask you this question right now. How does God forgive us our iniquities or our sins? The only way that happens is for me to confess them. 1 John 1, nine says that if I confess my sin, He's faithful and just not only to forgive me, to cleanse me. And so number one, guys, for this benefit to go into place, I've got to become responsible for my sin. My iniquities, and I've got to confess them and say, Alright, Father God, I blew it again. That's a good thing, though. That's a good thing. Now, in saying that, the Scripture says, Freely you've received, freely give. So if I freely forgive forgiveness, or get forgiveness from Father God, then I'm required to give it. So one thing you got to see to tap in here on the blessings of God is i got to be a person that repents, and i got to be a person that forgives. And you know what God will do? God will do exactly what He said He'll do. Isaiah 55, 11 says, The word of the Lord shall not return void. When people say to me, you just never know what God's going to do. I, are you kidding me? God's going to do exactly what He said He'll do. And so the problem in a lot of this it isn't, isn't we haven't understood the, the healing power of God. We haven't understood the consequences of sin and disobedience. Now jump here and look at Psalm 103.3, the last part, and says, Who heals all your diseases. How many? All. Was God kidding? Well, Pastor, I don't believe God does that anymore. He doesn't heal. Well, you know what? 
He's not going to heal you. If you don't believe it, you might as well realize He ain't going to heal you. As unto your faith, let it be done unto you. Well, we were taught in the first church of the frozen chosen, God doesn't heal. Well, you can believe that all you want. I'm going to take God at His word. And what God say? He heals all my diseases. So if God said that, and, and there in Hebrews He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's not a counterfeit God. i got to hook up with that. Now I believe in this passage right here, God is telling us the root to disease, and God is telling us the root to healing. What's the root to disease? I never repent. I never forgive. What's the root to healing? I learn to repent and I learn to forgive. And you say, how'd you come up with that conclusion? Well, first of all, look at the order this is in. Who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. So you know what God's saying? You get your heart right. You walk in forgiveness and repentance and this is what I'll do. This is exactly what I'll do. Is that what you got so excited about? No. No, this is what I got excited about. I was reading in this Jewish commentary. And it was on Psalm 103 right here that heals all disease. And it said that the Jews, which they live by the Torah. And some of you will say, what's the Torah? Well, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. The Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They live by the Torah. In the Torah... There are 248 positive commandments. How many negatives are there, Pastor? 365, one for every day of the year. But I want to get over on the positive commandments. It said there were 248 positive commandments. So when I obey those commandments, you know what's going to happen? There's going to be a positive that comes from them. You want to hear the... the, the, the I'm telling you, get ready. You know how many bodily parts or bodily organs we have? 248. 248. So you know what? It says in that Jewish commentary that those commandments are crying out. That when I obey those commandments, they cry out to our body, healing. Blessing, blessing, blessing. But when I disobey, those commandments cry out, curse. And I looked at that and I thought, oh my goodness, once again, 80% of spiritual disease is tied to a spiritual root. And I begin to see, God is offering an exchange. If you're walking of forgiveness and repentance, He's saying, I'll heal you. So man, guess what? Guys, we look at God and we think, God doesn't heal anymore. Now listen to me. God still heals. God still wants to heal. God still can heal. So you know what the issue is? We haven't obeyed. And I know to point my finger here, to look and say, there's areas in my life that i got to hook back up. And I, when I begin to hook back up, you know what takes place? The great exchange. And so once again, you know what God's saying? I'll heal you. If you'll walk in forgiveness. You know, as a kid, when we really, really meant serious, we'd look at each other and say, I double-dog dare you. 
And I believe that's what God's saying. Try me now in this if I won't prove myself. And so as I looked at all this, I began to see this in our lives. Are we in the predicament we're in? Because of unforgiveness? I believe so. I believe so. I, I believe the body of Christ, so many of us are imprisoned because we walk around with unforgiveness. And so once again, God, when He said, I want to set the captives free, He wasn't bluffing. When He wants to heal the brokenhearted, and so you know what He's doing? He said, I'm putting, I'm putting the ball in your court. What you going to do with it? Stand on your feet with me. Woo, is He not a good God? Hallelujah. Now, you got a dose of the truth. you got a dose of the Word of God. Thank God. Now, what are you going to do with it? What you, see, you can skip to your car today. So, oh man, Pastor tore it up again. He hit another home run. He does that every Sunday, doesn't he? It's the Word of God, guys. But unless I heed this, guys, and this is what I said last week, that this may feel uncomfortable for some of you because we've, we've picked up that spiritual rug and we've swept stuff underneath it maybe for a year, weeks, some of you for 10, 20, 30 years of your life, and the longer I go year after year, that root gets a little deeper, gets a little deeper, gets a little deeper. And I'm going to tell you it's not good, guys. Not good. Bow your head with me today.